This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Well, John chapter 13, verse number 1, powerful, powerful passage says, it was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own, watch this, I want you to see this. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The full extent of his love. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. And I thank you for the joy of the Lord. I ask you, Lord, that you will help us to serve you and to love you with all of our hearts, with all of our soul, and with all of our minds and strength. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Three powerful little words. I love you. Those are awesome words, aren't they, man? I love you. Could you say that to God with me this morning? Say it to God. I love you. Could you turn to your neighbor and say that to them? (laughs) Yep, a little bit harder, wasn't it? It's easy to say it to God, but when we say it to each other, I love you, man. (laughs) I saw some of the young men look around and go, I love you. Yeah. You know, I remember the first time I told Christina, I love you. I, I, I was... I always hated that when, you know, kids in, you know, in high school and different ones, they were always like, I love so-and-so, they're the love of my life. And then like something happens and Friday, that's Monday and Friday, they're like, I can't stand them, I hate them. So I said, when I say I love you, I want it to be for real. And I'll never forget that day. I, she was the one. And I mean, I loved her since I was eight, you know, but it was time to profess that. And, and, and uh, she said, if you don't want to say it, then don't say it. I said, I want to say it, but I want you to know how important it is to me. You know, just saying those words, I love you, because too many people use them flippantly. I, I love to you know, be hanging out, you go camping with a bunch of guys or something, and I'll look at them about bedtime and go, love you, man. Yeah, Pastor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. You can love each other. You can, you can walk in love. But because people so flippantly, man, I love that car. I love that ice cream. I love, I mean, it just, we, we use it so flippantly and it changes and things happen. And, and, and Jesus is saying here in this verse, he says, look, I know my time is short and it's, it's just a couple of days left here. And he says, I've loved them, but do they really know I've loved them? And if they think what I've shown them up to this point has been love, I want to show them what real love really is. He said, I'm going to show them my love to the fullest extent of what it can be. It's not just moments and not just, hey, I love you for now, but it's going to be, I love you and I'm willing to pay the full price. So like when you, you fall in love with somebody and, and, and you make your decision, you want to spend your life with them. There's those moments when they, when they bring you the chocolate and you're like, hallelujah, you know? Those moments they bring you the flowers and all that's love. That's not how you know you're loved. You don't know you're loved until you have your first virus hit that married couple. <laughs> And you're sick, and they're wiping your brow and, and cleaning up. You know what I'm talking about. That's love. That's love to a, another level. 
that's love to a, another place. And Jesus says, I, I've loved you, but I, I want to love you deeper. I want, he says, I'm going to show you the full extent of who I am. I want to show you the full extent of my love. And, and, and I know I'm jumping the gun here, but I, I want you to understand this morning, we've already seen several, several people give their lives to Jesus Christ because they said, I'm tired of having just a little bit of love. I want to know the full extent of God's love. And I want to know the full extent. As a matter of fact, I've been serving God my whole life, it almost seems like, since I was just a little boy and gave my life to Jesus. Jesus Christ, but I'm just now beginning to just, just, just get a little depth in to what God's love can be. He blows my mind all the time because he's awesome. I thought about the ways that he shows his love. And I thought about the ways that he was looking back on when he says, I know I, I've loved them. And I asked the question, can you see that love? I said it in such a tone in the last service. I said, you know, it sounded like a, a, the Lion King, you know, can you see the love tonight? You know, can you feel the love tonight? And, and I thought, no, but beyond that, can we look into what Jesus did with people and see love? I thought about the woman at the well. Here's a woman who is hurting. She comes to the well at a time of day that most people wouldn't come to the well. She comes to the well at a time of day that so she can avoid others. And, and she's had a horrible life. I mean, she spent her whole life searching for something and, and she thought she could find it in a guy. And so she, she got married and she was thirsty for love and she just wanted to be loved. And, and, and he just couldn't provide that love for her. And so that marriage ended. And, and so she thought she'd find it in another and another and another. And finally, after five marriages, she realizes I can't find it in a guy. And, and now she's with a sixth guy that she won't even marry. And all that men have ever wanted is to take something from her. And all she's ever wanted was to quench that thirst for love that, that somebody created a, a chasm within her about. And she so desperately wants to be loved. And so on this day, she's come at a time not to be scorned by the other women. And she approaches the well. And as she approaches the well, can you imagine that moment with me for just a moment? She sees a man sitting there. And to make it worse, she's a Samaritan who wants nothing to do with a Jew because the Jews want nothing to do with the Samaritans. And they've rejected her claim to have a right in the kingdom of God. And, and, and so there's all this, this frustration. And she doesn't know if he's going to attack her or abuse her in any, verbally or whatever. And as she approaches the well, this guy looks up at her and says give me something to drink and she's thinking well there's another guy just wanting something give me something to drink and as she's preparing just to appease him for a moment he says but it would be better for you if you asked me for a drink and she says to him you can't help me what do you mean you give me a drink I have the pitcher I have the water pot you don't have a water pot. You have no way to give anybody a drink. And then Jesus begins to break it down before her and tell her the hope of who he is. And he begins to minister to her. And somewhere in the conversation, we have only what we see in Scripture, something interchanges there that she goes from feeling like she's so thirsty that all of a sudden the water of life begins to rush into her. And as the water of life begins to rush into her and she feels love for the first time, what a powerful Scripture. The Bible says, and she went to tell the others... And left her water pot. I think that's an amazing passage because she forgets how thirsty she was. She forgets what drove her to that place. The love that she had always searched for changed her life so radically that the thing that had brought her to that space and time was forgotten. She left her water pot and ran to the town and said, come see a man who's told me everything that I've ever done. She says, come meet the Messiah. 
And I thought, how powerful, how awesome that our God's love is so amazing that when we encounter his love, that whatever it is that has driven us to that spot, whatever tragedy, whatever crisis, whatever moment that is that has driven us to that spot quickly is forgotten. And we realize in Christ's love, we find everything we've ever looked for. And can you see the way he loves us? Can you see the way he ministers to us? Can you experience that love? I've thought about not only the woman at the well, I can see his love when he approached the man who was paralyzed at the pool. 43 years was the life expectancy of someone to live during this period of time. And as Jesus walks up to a man that's been paralyzed for 38 years, this man has been paralyzed probably much, much longer than he was alive without being paralyzed. It's all that he knows. He has come to accept this reality. He's come to embrace this reality. This is life. This is how it is. This is just the way it's going to be. This is the problem. My goodness, I feel the Holy Spirit. I've tried to behave all day long, but I'm just tired of it. I'm just going to preach for a moment. Is that okay? Listen, all of a sudden he walks up, and as he walks up to this this man, that's all he knows, and he thinks that's all he's ever going to know, and Jesus looks at him and says, do you want to get well? And the man looks back up at the one who could make him well and says, I can't get well well because this is just how it is. I want to stop for a moment and say, I don't know who you are and I don't know what mistake you've made and I don't know how many problems it it seems like you have found yourself in. My God wants you to know he's able to deliver you. He's able to bring you through that. He's able to rescue you because his love knows no bounds. He can look at a man who's given up on himself and say, you might have given up, but I've not given up on you. Why don't you get up and be made whole? And Jesus's love is wanting somebody to rise and and be made whole this morning by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the kind of God I've come to preach you. Not some gospel that can be wrapped up in a little bow and tied into a Sunday morning type church, but a gospel that breaks out into your life and changes who you are. Amen. Glory to God. Well, I guess I've blown it now and there's no behaving now. Amen. What about when Jesus is approached by the woman who had been unclean for 12 years? It's cost her everything. Their culture says that because of her disease, if she had sat on this, if we had then touched it, we would be unclean. So she couldn't get near anyone. She couldn't be around anybody. She had to, to live by herself. She had to live in seclusion. She had spent everything that she has, Scripture says, trying to get better. She just wanted her life back, and she had blown every dime on doctors and things, just trying, hoping for a cure and she finds herself unclean, and she hears about a man who's bringing so much uh, life into people, miracles, blind eyes have been healed, lepers have been healed. He's touched those before that, that were, and she gets up the nerve, and she goes walking, and she just wants to get a glimpse of him, and as she gets a glimpse of him, all she realizes is she'll never be able to get near him because if she touches anybody, they could stone her to death, much less if she's touched the one that might be the Messiah. And she's just looking. She's just looking for a glimpse. She just wants to catch a glimpse. And here's what happens in a crowd effect. All of a sudden, people behind her want a glimpse also because they've got needs also. So they push a little bit. And she moves a little closer. Now she's touched people. And she's like, I'm in trouble. And she gets pushed a little bit more. And she's like, I'm in trouble. And she gets pushed a little further. And she goes, well, if I'm already in trouble, I might as well get broken through. And so she fights her way through the crowd. And she says, well, it's all over now. Nothing but hope in that man matters right now. And she reaches out and touches 
touches the hem of his garment and instantly he makes her whole. What is happening in this story is the love of God says, you may have reached a place that it looks like everything else is blown. What else do you have left to blow other than to give your full life to Jesus Christ and to say, you know what? I've held it on my own long enough. Why not give it up and reach out and touch Jesus and let his love change my world. Amen. And he says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. How powerful. They drag him straight from that moment, from healing this woman. He's drugged straight into the room of the synagogue leader's daughter that has died. She's laid out in the room. Can, I've been in too many deathbed experiences with people as I walk in and they either just died or are dying. There's a, there's a grief that can be tasted almost in the room. There's a despair that is thick in the room. Death, you can feel. Jesus walks into a room that everybody knows it's over. And His love's about to preach to somebody in here. Everybody in the community knows because they can hear the wailing. They can hear that it's done. Everybody knows there's about to be a funeral. Everybody knows that the, that the handwriting is already on the wall. It's over. It's done. But love walks into the room. And when he walks into the room, he said, why are you weeping like this? Why are you acting like this? This little girl's not dead. They mocked him. Don't give them hope. Don't give somebody hope. There are people listening to me today who would mock me for saying to people that there is hope no matter where you've been. There is hope no matter what you've been through. I don't care who left you, who walked out on you, and who did you wrong. You can taste the defeat in the air, but love still comes walking in the room. And he says, when everybody else has given up, there is still hope, and his name is Jesus. And all he says is, there is life in you, and you can be made well. Amen. I love what he does. I love what he does here. You ready for this? This is awesome. He looks at her and says, Tolusa Kumni, which means daughter arise. He takes her by the hand, helps her up, and she, she's, you know, she's a, whoo! She, the Bible says she gasps, and she's alive. Somebody, you need to get ready to breathe your first breath again. God wants you to come alive. He wants you to come alive in Jesus. And, and I love what happens here. Most people would think that, that the family would have fallen at Jesus' feet and went, oh, you're awesome, you're wonderful. I love how Jesus kind of diffuses the moment for a moment. He says, he, says, he kind of smiles and he goes, somebody feed this girl. He had girls like the girls in my house, like, feed me or you will die. Come on, amen, amen. But, uh, uh, you know, feed this girl. Feed this girl. I love that. I've never seen that before until I was studying this message. What he is saying is, look, this love is not about me. It's all about you. Let's take care of her needs. And you know what? God wants to set you free in such a way that not only are you restored, but you start living again. And he meets every cry of your heart. Can't you see that love? It's shining for you. And then maybe let me share this one with you today. Christ has been betrayed. And Peter denies Christ as he watches the trial. Christ has told him three times before the rooster crows, you will deny me. Peter says, I will never deny you. But three times he has failed. Cursed, cursed his name. He just wants to be forgiven. Certainly this travesty will be over. They will realize that Jesus has nothing in him worthy of what they're doing to him. This will be through. And he just, I'll, I'll repent. I'll fall at his knees and repent. And, and, and suddenly he hears them cry, crucify, crucify. 
as he hears the nails. Not only is his Lord being nailed to the cross, but his freedom is disappearing with every blow. How can I make it right if you're going to kill him? How can I fix this if it's all done? He watches them pierce his side. He watches the blood and the water flow. He sees the dead body taken down. The stone rolled in front of the tomb. All Peter knows is this. I feel the love of Jesus. All Peter knows is this. He loved me. I failed him. And now there's no hope to make it right. He loved me. I failed. I'm a hypocrite. I mean, if everybody knew what Peter had done, what would they think about Peter? If everyone knew what we had done, what would they think about us? An amazing story. The Bible says on the third day there was a shaking the tomb. I love the way I heard it recently described in the movie out about it right now. It said that it, that it literally exploded open. We say the stone was rolled away. I like exploded open better. And life came forth. Now, there's a sequence of events here that that I've mentioned before because it always amazes me. But the sequence of events is very simple. It says that Jesus appeared first unto Mary. And then the next thing you see in all the movies is he walks in with all the disciples. But that's not what the scripture says. The Bible says he appeared first unto Mary, then to Peter, then to the disciples. What that tells me is this. That love said, this worshiper, Mary, needs hope. And his love brought him to her first. Love said, my son has failed me. Peter has failed me. He's hurting. He thinks there's no hope. And love brought hope where there was none. And then to the disciples. Peter's still shaken, which also blows my mind. And this is hope for somebody. He had an encounter with the risen Savior, but he wasn't restored for almost a week. Some of you have heard the gospel your whole life, and now's the time for you to finally be restored. Peter goes fishing. Jesus is by the seashore while they fish. He's walking. He's preparing breakfast for them. Peter hears him as he says, cast the net on the other side of the boat. The other guys are casting the net. The fish are coming in. Peter realizes it's Christ. He takes, goes for a swim. He swims to the shore. Jesus says, I made you breakfast. Sit down a little while. Imagine this with me for just a moment. Everyone's eating. You're there with the risen son of glory. I'm not talking about some little uh, figment of your imagination. I'm talking people are still getting healed, still getting delivered. Things are happening. Let me just be clear with you. Things can still happen. And Jesus touches Peter on the shoulder and says, Dude, that's awesome. I just, sorry, out of three services, that just hit me. The king of heaven says, uh, I need a moment. <laughs> Instantly, Peter's guilt rises up within him. Oh, and now's the time he's going to expose me for the hypocrite I am. Jesus says, I need to see you a minute. You know what just popped in my heart? He's not interested in exposing you. He was exposed instead of you. Stripped naked and hung on a cross. 
He didn't want to expose your sin. He wants to forgive your sin and make you whole. And Jesus says, let me talk to you, Peter. Peter with his head down, knowing that the rebuke is coming. Yes, Lord. Peter, I have a question for you. Yes, Lord. Before you say, no, no, listen to me, Peter. But Lord, I just want to, listen to me, Peter. Do you love me? Oh, yes, Lord. You know I love you. <laughs> oh, sure that wasn't so bad. <laughs> Peter, do you love me? Well, yes, Lord. You know I love you. You see, with each question for three different denials, there had been placed a wall. And for the th on the third time, he said, do you love me? The wall fell. See, Jesus not only kicked open the grave, he's been kicking open the victory and knocking down the walls and delivering people through his love. Yes. ever since. And Peter was restored. I mean, can't, can't you see that? He said, I want you to know my love to its fullest extent. You see, most of us think He loves us, but we're still thirsty. Most of us think He loves us, but we, we still feel trapped. Most of us, we, I mean, we know that Jesus loves us and we sing about how much we love Him, but yet, yet we still feel unclean. Most of us, I mean, the grief is tangible in our lives because we know we'll never be what we really want to be for God, but, but we know He loves us, but we're still here. I, I feel like I'm bringing a word for you today. Listen to me. Most of us, we're struggling and we feel like Peter because when it all comes down to it, we're more of a hypocrite than we are saint. And we know he loves us, but we are too busy wondering why he could love us. But that's what Jesus was saying in John 13 and 1. I've showed you my love. Now let me show you my full extent of my love. I don't care if you are thirsty. I'll give you drink. I don't care if you have given up. I am your hope. I don't care what has a hold of you, even if it's death itself. I am still able, he says. And even if you failed, even if you feel like the biggest hypocrite on the planet, he is still God. And he still says, I love you. And the fullest extent of his love doesn't keep me at a distance, but pulls me close and shows me that in spite of it all, he still loves us. Would you bow your heads with me today? Love came down and rescued us. Love came down and made us whole. Without anyone looking around, everyone praying this morning, I want to ask you a very simple question. A very simple question. I want to know who here today would say, I know God loves me. If you know God loves you, could I see your hand today? Almost every hand in this room, you can put those down. Not only should you know He loves you, but you also know another truth. You know if there's an area of your life that you've not allowed yourself to fully embrace His love for you. There's a, a failure, a struggle, a, a pain, a wound that has kept you from loving Him the way that He wants you to love Him and allowing Him 
to love you the way He wants to love you. Somebody made you feel unworthy. You were hurt. You were abused. You abused. You sinned. And you know there's an area of your life that today you want to surrender because you want to love God to the fullest of your life. You want to know His full love. If that's you, could I see your hand? I didn't embarrass anybody else. Lay the hands all over this place. Thank you. You can put those down. God loves you. He loves you. One last request. Before I ask that, I just want to say thank you, Father, for your love. I feel it today. I feel your love in this place. I feel your love. God, I love you. Now show your love as you restore people, as you heal people, as you deliver people, as you save people. With no one looking around and every eye closed. I've not embarrassed any of the others that raised their hand, and I'm not going to embarrass this group either. Just as simple. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, I've never really known the fullness of God's love because I've never surrendered to the love of Jesus Christ as my Savior. I've not truly given Him my whole life. And right now, right here today, I want to do that. I want to give Him my whole life. Just like I didn't embarrass these others, I just simply want you to raise your hand so I can pray for you. If that's you, can I see your hand? Today's the day you want to give Jesus Christ. Thank you. Are there others? Today I want to give my full life to Jesus Christ. Are there others? In Jesus' name. Thank you. Are there others that would join these young men today that have raised their hands? Are there others? Today's your day. This is your time. This is your moment. This is your hour. Thank you, ma'am. Are there others? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right. Before we pray, I, mean, I, you know, I hadn't asked this, but maybe you're here and you say, Pastor Donna, I've tried to serve Jesus. Just keep praying for just a moment. I've tried to serve Jesus. And I know I prayed a prayer, but I know He's not been the love of my life. And today I want to put Him center again where He needs to be. Lord, just quicken my heart as I was about to move forward. But if that's you, can I see your hand right where you are? There's a realigning. Yes, 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 yes. All right. If someone is right beside you and you're comfortable, would you just reach over and take their hand? I want to pray for you all, and then we're going to pray for these that are wanting to commit their lives to Christ today. Father, I want to thank you for what you've done in these lives today and what you've done in each service. Lord, there are people encountering the love of God right now. They're encountering your grace. They're encountering your power. They're encountering your spirit. God, I ask you today in Jesus' name that those who have confessed that there's an area of their life that they're having trouble embracing your love, that they're having trouble feeling your love, as God, as, as they know there's a failure in their part, Lord, your word is faithful to us that as we confess our weakness, confess our sins, Father, not only to one another, but unto you, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Father, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for the grace and the faithfulness of Christ. I thank you for the joy of the Lord that is our strength. With every head bowed and every eye closed, those of you who said you wanted to confess your life to Christ, we're going to do so with you today. The Word says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Christ from the dead, you would be born again. And so today, we pray this prayer together. We're going to walk with you. Let's pray this prayer, church. Jesus... By faith, I believe your promise. In Jesus' name, 
I confess I am a sinner. Father, forgive me. You see my past, my present, and my future. I give it all to you. In Jesus' name, from this moment forward, I receive the love of God. I declare God is now my Father. Heaven is my home. And Jesus is my Savior. Father, I thank you for those that have prayed this prayer today. I thank you for the blessings of the Holy Spirit upon their lives. And I thank you for the new life of Christ that comes within them now as they are born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, come on, give God a mighty praise. In Jesus' name. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8:15, 9:30, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.